This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. This is our ninth consecutive on-time scheduled podcast recording. Let's give us a big hand, and we're on. Um, every week, we read a bunch of comics between the three of us. Uh, one of us will do uh, a write-up on the website of what they thought was the best uh, pick, and then we will come on here and tell them why I was wrong or right. Uh, and usually wrong. Webs- it's usually wrong. It, it's true. Uh, this week, Connor... Uh, Again, we we swing for the fences here, because he's he's chose. Let me just get this right. It's a Batman book by Frank Miller. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> this this should be a shock to the two of you because you've both heard me rant about how bad I thought this book was. Yeah, I, I was personally I was shocked. Um, which is I found well. All right, here's the thing. It, it sort of shifted on a dime for me when I read the book yesterday. Um, this is the, the Frank Miller All-Star Batman and Robin, The Boy Wonder number three is my pick of the week. I was really excited for this because Frank Miller, I think, is one of the writers who knows Batman the best. I think probably him and maybe Greg Ruck at the time, you know, at the moment. And so when they announced Frank Miller was doing the All-Star Batman book, I was really excited, probably looking forward to that book more than anything I'd been looking forward to in a while. The first issue was was good. I thought. I think we even we picked it as pick of the week. It was a, it was um, actually an ironic pick of the week. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. I, it was. A, I had that was a, that was really grumpy that week. I had I had a bunch of bad comics, and it was like the worst. I was like, well, this looks like it'll be really good, and I didn't think it was. Moving along. All right. Well, I I, I didn't hate the first issue. I thought it was it was okay. It was it was a bit weird, in that everything Frank Miller's written lately has sort of been like Sin City. It's almost like he got into that world and he can't escape it. You know, even uh, Batman Strikes Again, the sequel to The Dark Knight Returns, was weird like that. And every, everything's just sort of been in that hard-boiled, gritty t- type of narrative. And it's, it's it doesn't really suit Batman. But it wasn't too bad the first issue. The second issue, I thought, was terrible. 
it was like over the top. Batman was uh, calling Dick Grayson a little bastard, and he is. Well, he is, but it was just, you know, it, was just it was weird. It, it was, was weird. jarring. It, yeah. it was. I, I was shocked. I, did, I didn't know what to think reading it. It, it was it just jarred me completely out of the book, and I didn't like it at all. But reading this this issue, I just I came to realize. It's a, it's if I looked at it as a Sin Cityified version of the DC universe, it would actually be a lot of fun to read. If I didn't take it so seriously, if I didn't, I think what happened was I had high expectations in the first two issues. I kind of hoped for another Batman Year One or Bat Dark Knight Returns, and when it wasn't like that, I was crushed, and that sort of colored my view of it. Now, if I just sort of look at it as a as a sort of fun ride, and not get so wrapped up in it, it's a lot of fun. Well, yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's probably a good way to go with it, but I was surprised that, because, that, you know, I was surprised that you picked it because Batman's only in it for, like, two pages, and it's all Black Canary. Well, Batman doesn't have to be in it to be a well, good book. Well, I mean, it just it just seems like, it. Just, I mean, I'm, I, again, I'm sure, you know, there's a master plan and all the plots will tie into it and, you know, just being impatient. But, I mean, that whole, the whole first two-thirds of the book about Black Canary, it was just, it, I found it really hard to read. I found mm-hmm. the lay- layouts kind of awkward and just kind of overwordy. And then, um, and then it just didn't really kind of pay off. It didn't, you know. And then all. Well, then I do think I do think the way that a lot of the ways the um, Frank Miller uses a lot of third person narration, right? Or uh, well, actually, uses sort of a mix of third, third, and first. But he uses a lot of narration, and, and the, I thought the placement. Of, Ron is right. The placement of the. The boxes is just confusing a lot of things. I, I mean, the first, the first like five or six pages were painful to read. Like it took me, and, and maybe I'm just. Well, illiterate, I but, think I mean, that was he was just reading because, like. Oh! I know. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, I didn't know where to look. Oh! I, didn't, I didn't know where, and I and I guess that that was the point of the. You're of, supposed to. I think of that section evoke. She's a bar. Right, the whole first two thirds is uh, introducing the black canary of this Sin City DC universe. The, the cover introduces us to her crotch. <laughs> right, you get, you get introduced to her crotch a couple more times in, in the story too, but especially the, the double page spread that I just randomly opened up to right now. Um, There's yeah. a double entendre. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's Come a bar- on, kids. <laughs> she's a bartender in uh, this rough, seedy bar in Gotham, and it's it's very. I think he does a good job of evoking the crazy bar atmosphere on the page. There's there's dialogue everywhere, random comments that don't make any sense, but you overhear as you walk through a bar. A lot, you know, just a lot of chaos, especially in a, in a bar like that. I've been to bars that are sort of scary do, like this. And do the bartenders wear masks and fishnets? <laughs> Hot. But I, <laughs> you're right. It, it hasn't really gone anywhere. We're issue three, and Batman, Batman, and Dick Grayson are still in the car driving to the Batcave. <laughs> it's like DC's Ultimate Vision, like you yes. said in the review. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while they're making the fifteen thousand mile journey to the Batcave, all this other stuff is going on <laughs> through land, sea, and air. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I just really that part is weird. I don't understand why they're not the cave yet, but I like I really like the Black Canary part. I thought it was very well. I mean, city like. I mean, I think the, I think I thought the whole issue was pretty crappy until the last you know four pages with Superman, which I didn't know that they were gonna cross over the characters in the. Uh, so oh, like, yeah. So is this so is this All Star? Superman, the same one that's going on in Grant no, Morrison's No, I book? doubt it. I really doubt it. The so whole that, point of the All-Star books is they don't make connect. Sense. They're all, they're all standalone books. Doesn't make sense. They don't connect to anything. That's the whole point. You, you can need them to connect, books. don't you? Yes. <laughs> Let it go. His days are over. <laughs> Here's what I'm looking forward to. The experiment to. died. 
Yeah. No, it didn't. No. I'm it looking did. forward to the no. next issue because this seems like a very pissed off, angry Superman. Yeah. And he set the newspaper on fire that he was reading with his X-ray vision. He crushed a, a milk bottle. I liked how he broke the glasses in the glasses when he used the heat vision. Now, here's the sense that Frank Miller doesn't like Superman. Yes. Or, yeah. or is it that he just he just really doesn't like him, or he's just thinking it's an easy symbol for all the stuff he doesn't like? Probably both. Little from column A, little from column B. Here's what I also find interesting. Okay, In this, Batman kidnaps Dick Grayson. Yes. To make him his partner. There, he still hasn't brought him home yet. They're still in the process of bringing him home. Dick Grayson already in the back of a milk carton. Fifteen hours later, it says, or fifteen hours ago. Yeah. Oh, weird. Maybe they stopped off for some movies. Yeah, that's a little weird. Didn't, I noticed that at the end. I was like, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. How did he get on the back of and a milk carton in Metropolis of all places? Not even like a Gotham milk carton. Right. So, I think if you look for me, if what, I looked at it, as... it, they have digital image sharing. It's supposed to be in the past, though, right? No, I think no, it's, it's now. I think it's present day. It's a, it's the present day sort of. It's very technological. Digital image sharing. <laughs> I'll hang up right now. <laughs> Stunned silence. <laughs> the milk industry is just embracing all forms of technology. Well, isn't that what you'd, is what you'd have? I mean, otherwise, they'd have to like like Jimmy. I got the picture, and you run it over. <laughs> you have a typo in your pick of the week. So there. Wait, you didn't type that. Connor did. Damn it. <laughs> I tried to get you back, but it didn't work. Um, so I, I, I really liked it once I looked at it as sort of a over-the-top uh, crime noir DC Universe book, else, so, like an Elseworlds. So you would say you had an epiphany? I did have an epiphany. I had a, It was a moment of clarity right in the first page. <laughs> it didn't solve anything. It just made you enjoy that book. Well, I, but that's almost what you need in that kind of thing. When it's something yeah. where when your when your expectations are somewhere, and then you're reading it, and it's not really jiving, and then it, ta- it sometimes it just takes one page to be like, ah, now I see. Right. I have an appropriate so. analogy for that. Okay, okay, go ahead. Starship Troopers, the movie. <laughs> and what's the epiphany moment? Well, the first time I saw it, I was like, "This is." Stu-, or when I saw the trailer, I think I was like, "That looks like a dumb movie." It was fantastic. Right, but the reason that it's fantastic is because that it's making fun of dumb movies. Right. It's right. making fun of all sorts of stuff. Well, I'm fascist. Don't realize that going in, another movie would be Wild Things. Right. Well, another... Starship, Trooper, Starship Troopers, I knew exactly what, it, what when I saw the trailer. I was like, that looks great. Not because I thought it looked like a great science fiction movie. Cause well, it... I didn't. Either okay. way, the point yeah. is, if you go in thinking it's going to be Total Recall right. or Predator, it's not. It's right. the opposite of that, using that. It's subverting that genre. Well, the funny thing about Starship Troopers is a lot of people still think it's Total Recall Predator and really like it because they think it's just a big movie. Of, you know, those people that's subliminally even, accept fascism. Right. Anyway, I just want to make one more point about the book that Ron was starting to say, but we cut him off. There are a lot of heroes in the book. In all the pre-press for this, he said he's basically going to touch upon every every major hero in the DC Universe. Oh, he I does see that, that a lot. Yeah. So it's going to be... Literally, I mean, it's bat. It's all almost an ultimate Batman. It's All Star Batman and Robin, but <laughs> I mean, it's going to involve everyone. So, but but I, I'm I'm curious to see if it's just going to be like you know, because here you know, Black Canary is inspired by Batman, and and you know, she's a bartender who strikes back. Right. But I'm I'm curious if it there's going to be some sort of gathering and they all come together, or if this is just little well, we'll little find vine- out. I vignettes. Think it, yeah. I think it's twelve yeah. issues. You're right. Something does some need to start gelling soon. Yeah. You know what he does, and I and I'm waiting for the update on this when it happens. He does a damn good ollie. Yeah, that's gonna yeah, be he good. does. Yeah, yep. 
so I assume that he'll have to show up. Also in the bar, Ron, did you notice um, his arm will get taken Wolverine, off? Wolverine, Daredevil, and Elektra. Uh, no, I didn't. Actually. In the background of the bar scene. Oh, I'll page look, two, I'll page two, panel two. Oh, I see Wolverine. Wolverine. Oh, and I see Daredevil. Oh, wow, look at that! I see Elektra. Oh, that's that's funny. Sue them like they sued City of Heroes. <laughs> That's but yes, I, I noticed some, I noticed something else, and I forget what it was. But when I was reading it, I was like, "Oh, look at that!" And it was one of those things that didn't wasn't supposed to be there. But thanks, that was really, that was really helpful. <laughs> <for the laughs> nice and nice. But yes, and a plot does need to emerge soon. Yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. And quick, they're going home. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. the story. Issue wouldn't 12, it be, wouldn't it be great? Oh, that's what I noticed. One of the guys that she beats up has a Superman T-shirt, which I yes, thought was I curious. Yeah. He yeah. hates Superman. Yeah. He must. Or, yeah. Huh. There you go. But I thought, overall, this was a really strong week. This was this was a, a incredible week. It was, I mean... You both said that, so you must have both bought a st- bunch of stuff I didn't buy. Well, I mentioned in the, in the pick of the week, also Spider-Man was really good, X-Factor 2 was really good, Daredevil yep. was really good, yep. New Avengers was also really good. You yep. must have missed Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, they, they were... They, I... I, I Work was dead, so I bought my books in the morning and I read them, yeah. at, read them at my desk. Ron buys his books in the morning, and then he sits there on Instant Messenger. After he finishes each book, he tells me how good it is while I'm working. <laughs> well, it was just it was unbelievable because I because there was a string of like maybe uh, probably a good five books where each one I read was better than the, each one was better than the next. Ooh, X Factor. Ooh, yeah. I just finished New Avengers. Ooh, Daredevil. I, I, I bought X Factor too. I oh, couldn't yeah? find X Factor One anywhere, so I just said F it and I'll, I'll I'll check it out. And I have thoughts. Okay, well, do you want to share? I will. Okay. I just want to say I made a mistake this week and I bought a book that I had previously dropped. Ooh. Oh, what book? Uh, Batman Superman. Oh, so you did drop it? I did drop it. Oh, I thought it, was, it wasn't that bad. This issue it was. Better. I can't stand Bizarro, so I oh, stopped yeah. by. But I another it was over. I am. This is why I made me think of it was. I was reading the list of new books and I asked Ron if uh, I had if I had indeed dropped Superman Batman because I couldn't remember. Yeah, because I'm supposed to remember your your, right. your what you what you read. So but, uh, <laughs> he did a bad job because he told me no, and I bought it. Wait a minute, I did drop this. Oh, just ask me; I'll always tell you yes. Three dollars <laughs> wasted. All right, go ahead, go ahead, Josh. So I read X Factor Two because I thought, hey, everybody liked X Factor One a lot. I tried to find X Factor One. Apparently, uh, when a book gets popular, it sells out. As, uh, as it happens. Was this your um, new store or your old store? Uh, actually, it's a third-party store. Ooh. I was did. It, I did a little exploring. I was in the neighborhood of a comic shop, and I thought, well, "I'm just getting my books here." Oh. isn't that awesome? No discount though. Ah. but it was nice freedom. Anyway, um, it was a little confusing. Now I'm trying to figure out if that's because of the art, or that's because of the writing, or it's because I don't know that 800 people in it, and the main character is a guy who who can replicate himself. And can I add, can I add a quick point before Ron responds? Sure. I do agree. I was actually going to bring this up. Uh, I was going to actually go through it and ask you a bunch of who these characters were. I mean, I know the main characters. I know the, <laughs> I know the, I know the ones that were in the last X Factor, and I know like yeah. Siren, you know, like, but like this Monet person, I don't know who she is. All right, well, hi, well, before, well, before we get to that, let me address Josh. Is that I really think probably you know seventy percent of your confusion is probably from not reading um, issue one. Um, I well, think there's a little there's a little thing at the first page says who everything is. You told me what was going on. Yeah, I, I don't think it it's that, that at all because I was I I. I was confused by a lot of who the people are. Uh, okay. There's not a lot of exposition. 
True, true. Not a lot of exposition. True. I, well, I thought I thought a lot a lot with the siren plotline was carried over from the last issue, and I could see by not reading that right. you wouldn't kind of know what was going on. Like you don't know what she's up against and what's what, you know what the there, deal is. There's okay. There's the page where the dude is falling off of the roof, and a bunch of people want to go save him. Somebody swoops down from out of nowhere to rescue him. That's Monet. Yeah. Right. M. Now, at at the beginning of this. Now, Jamie, one of Jamie Madrox's are down, in the, and he always wears the shirt with the dots. That's helpful. Yep. Yeah, that, that's Then you the, have, I guess this is Wolfsbane? Yep. Okay. Then Wolfsbane says, Lego or I'll bloody kill you. Jumps somewhere. I don't know to where. Just, well, if you look in the, the panel at the bottom, she's uh-huh. she was jumping to catch Richter, but Monet grabbed him before she caught him, and you see that his feet are right by Wolfsbane, right as she misses. Right. Now, yeah. who is Wolfsbane telling that, that he'll kill if they don't let go of her? Um, the people trying to hold the cops trying to hold her back on the page okay. before. That wasn't. Terrible. You see now that's that that's the one thing where the art was awkward because all you see is her back and yeah. she's saying, "Let me go, I'll save she him." She looks like a man. She, yeah, she looks like a man, and she's not in wolf form Respect yet. Too. And then she and then the next panel we see her, she's you know changed into wolf. Yeah, that that was. Yeah, confusing. that's what that's right, yep. right off in the bat. I was like, "What the hell happened?" Yeah, that's I think that's the art. It's fault. a joke about a flea treatment, and that's yeah. that's you know that's cheap. Yep. Um, and then I mean, too then many I, mad I mean, like, running around. Well, you're gonna have that with 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 Madrox. That's fine. I get that too. Yeah. Then they had a scene where like somebody had planned on catching yep. uh, Siren. Yep. But it didn't really happen. So I was like, for like three pages, I'm like, wait, she was just in the other room. Well, yeah, it was right. it was a simulation. The the guy's holding the little the, the, the magician guy was showing what would have happened. But with the art not being incredibly clear, it yep. made it a little more difficult too. But these are my say, problems. Yeah. But you know, but you know what? Um, I thought it was still enjoyable though. You know, yeah, you know what balances it out. That this second issue came out a mere two weeks after the first issue. Yeah, you're right, aren't you? Yeah, so, I thought that was kind of quick. I actually, and the first issue was late, and I don't know if it was late because of production or because Marvel held it back or whatever. But you know, hey, you know, next issue two weeks later, they're back on schedule. That's okay by my, in my book, so I'll take. Well, a that's really good. That's confusion. that's quite. Yeah. They should be lauded for for that. I have positive comments too, though. Just I like Layla Miller a lot. Yeah, I really let, did too, but they yeah. need to get on with it. Well, yeah, that yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, thing, you can't right? do that for another issue, right? And Peter David, will, and Peter David will milk the joke. He'll do it. He'll do it for. He'll he will drive. It you you know what? You know what did make you know like because the thing is like very you know like I I really like the humor aspect of comics a lot, and it's mm-hmm. very it's actually really rare that you know a, you know the comics that we read like I don't read you know humorous comic books. But um, the 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 one read this. It's funny. No, I yeah. don't. I don't read you. Yeah, no, but I mean, no. Come on. I mean, like Batman and, and Robin didn't make you laugh, you know. But yeah, there's it did, it did <laughs> right, true, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> oh, it did. It was the, the the captions were funny. Right, but there was the one line where um where where they're talking to Layla Miller and Guido's you know asking her how she knows the stuff and she, and he says she says because and he says you're Layla Miller and she says yes now you're getting it and he goes and he said if it is a massive headache then yes and that just made me laugh out loud. And really? Like, yeah. Oh, I love that joke. The if oh. if by it you mean you know. But um, but and there are moments Peter David will write you know in in the book there'll be one two maybe three moments where there are laugh out loud moments that are you know that are the payoff for me as far as you know in terms of the dialogue and things like that. So. I like I her think character. I think it's funny, but I think she's got the potential to be. Too yeah, they, they, he's got. It's already it getting old. I want to know what's up with it. I mean, I think yeah. that if if the idea is that her is this a new character never yes. seen before? Yep. Okay, if the idea is that her mutant power is that she's just quite perceptive, <laughs> I think that's kind of funny, and I think you can use that a lot. <laughs> I think what does she, what does she, she do? Oh, she or, she knows stuff. <laughs> if she shows up once or twice an issue, yeah, yeah, 
fine, but you, you, know, can, you not... can do a storyline around it. You can do whatever. I find It'll... Jamie Madrox to be incredibly interesting as a character. He, I love. I've always loved this character. Ever right. Since I mean, it's just there's a lot, so much you can do with that, and, yeah. and so that's good. Yeah. Uh, I may buy the third one. Do you guys realize this, this may be the first time we've all three of us have read the book? Wow. Except for Daredevil. God. Except for Daredevil. Or at least all three of us read the book in the week it came out. Yes. <laughs> Let me ask you something about Daredevil. Yeah. Let's how? Mo- moving on to Daredevil. How? It's how we do it. Uh, how often is he going to be exposed slash captured? Yeah, exactly. Slash... Yeah. That's, that's I mean, and I much. think, that, like, where do you go from here? Well, well it's the, like well, what you said in the Power View. It's getting to the point where you can't do much more to him. Well, he's done, isn't he? I mean, this is... He's going well, to jail. Uh, do you notice on the cover that... Um... I mean, Bendis is almost done. Well, this is the last arc that for Bendis. So this, Are this, we sure about this that? Because we said that about the last arc. No, no. This, no, is, this is true. How many issues left, though? I looked into it, and this is... The, I don't know how many issues are left, but I know this is the last Next arc. Next one. It says to be concluded at the end. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. But did you notice the cover has um, Elektra and Black Widow, but Black Widow's pulling down her Black Widow outfit to reveal the, dare, the, the Daredevil outfit? Hmm. I didn't notice that. I don't know what that means. But, um... I, I mean... The, the thing is, is that, yeah, you're right. I mean, they keep playing with the exposed Murdoch, Chase go after him, the feds want him, but... I mean, this issue blew me away. I no, thought it was good. I thought it was I, great. I, but, I mean, as we said before, and I mean it even more now, the next writer is just... Screwed. Like, he's just calling up the office, Joe, Joe, how about a reboot? <laughs> because Please. I got nothing. <laughs> Please. Can I bring back the Daredevil armor? It's like, it's like there's nothing you can do. It's like... Nothing. He's in jail. You do the Oz storyline. <laughs> Where people try to rape Matt Murdock and that doesn't work out and he starts a gang of the blind people. <laughs> yeah, no, that writer is just screwed. But it was a good issue. It was a good issue. Um, I think it's going to be Brubaker. The writer? No, it's not. No? No. No, Isn't he no he's, he's, now? he's on X-Men. Yeah, he's doing X-Men. Hmm. Yeah, he's moving to X-Men. Yeah, okay. So. Could do it. Who would it be? Who can, who can follow this? <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be Ron a tough... Zimmerman. Is, it, is, it, is that who it is? <laughs> you know what? It, it may have probably been solicited, actually. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm looking. I'm looking for it right now. I mean, but hey, while he looks for it, Josh, guess what yeah. I bought? Uh, guess. Tricked. Well, no, actually, oh, I, that's I, just, I got tricked for Christmas, but that's a different story. And my copy just came in today. <laughs> I bought the first three issues of Loveless. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me. It's a little difficult. It's, no, it is. Um, I thought the first issue was really the best one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I read the first issue. I was like, "Ooh, wow! This is going to be my pick of the week." If the rest are this good, but yeah, um, it's kind of like Batman in that it's three issues in. There really isn't a plot yet. Well, that's 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 Brian Azzarello for you, right? I mean, he does tone to its finest. Yeah, oh, no, there's some great great scenes. Yeah, exactly. But but overall, you're like, "What the hell's happening?" And you have this guy, West Cutter. Uh, Basic plot is, and this may interest you or not. If you like, uh, if you like Azarello's Hundred Bullets, if you like um, his work he did in Hellblazer, this is a lot like that. But basically, guy in Missouri owns his own land, joins the. This is all revealed sort of backwards, but the the major plot is he joins. Once the Civil War makes it out to them, we're in the 1860s, by the way. Uh, once the Civil War makes it out to them, he decides to go ahead and fight for the South. Uh, this is after the fact. Of the to whole support thing. Virginia, did wasn't it? Well, the idea was, there was Virginia, a Virginia's comment about war. That? Yeah. The same way, well, Virginia meaning it's Virginia's war. It comes out of right. the government, the the uh, Confederate government in Virginia. Right, it's right. not our war. It doesn't affect us, but it, you know, it's it's spread to us. 
so they don't really believe in the cause so much. And in fact, one of the things I noticed he does is he symp- he makes the character sympathetic in the fact that he goes, you think this is about slaves? And he's like, well, I never thought owning one man was a good thing to do. You know, like all of a sudden you realize, okay, he's not a, he's not a slave owner, so that way everybody can like him a little bit more. But he fought for the South. And after the fact, after the war, the, the Union seized all the lands of people who fought for the South. And so this comes guy is just trying to get back seized. to his land and, and his back to his house. And the Union is telling him, you can't have it. And so he's you don't know what he's going to do. That's where we're at. You don't know if he's going to fight them or he's going to join up on their side. They're offering to help him somehow and then screw them over or something. That's what we're trying to figure out. But it's it's very tony. It's very moody. It does some flashbacky things in the middle of it, which makes it difficult to, yeah. to tell where we are and what's happening. And there's a weird thing with his wife, who I'm yeah. not convinced is real. Yeah, me neither. But she's always naked. Yeah. Which is kind of When she's not killing people. Right. Sometimes both. I'm not sure if she killed people either. That's the thing. Is well, if she did, if she's, she's not real, real, then then he's doing it, right? Or the brother? I don't know. Something's weird's going on. Something yep. something is not normal. That's all I know. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that artist Marcelo Frusen. He did Hellblazer for good. a long he's time. Good. He's very good. It's but it's it's uh, it's not a straightforward comic book. You, it's really something you have to really pay attention to. You may have to read through pages a couple of times. It, it challenges you a little bit, um, which is good. It's not always bad. It's not. I love it's the not fact done. that it's a western. Yeah. It's a different yeah. genre. It's a different... Uh... What's funny is that these are the same exact people who did El Diablo probably four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. El Diablo was a quick Vertigo uh, mini that came out for comics, and, and it didn't do well at all, apparently. Because I remember being at a Vertigo panel uh, with uh, uh, Berger, Karen Berger. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. And, and somebody asked if they were gonna ever, ever going to reprint it, and she was just like, no, no. They didn't do well at all. And, and this is the, these are the, they came out with the exact same thing. Hmm. It's like a new a new story by the same people set in the West, which failed before, but we'll try it again. But you can't it's get good, El though. Diablo on, on on in trade form. But it was good. I liked it. But I'm going to keep buying it probably for a couple more more issues. Do you know how many it's supposed to go? I don't. I don't even know if it's an ongoing. It well, could that, be. That would change the way I perceive the plot if it is an ongoing. Yeah, uh, it's at least twelve. I I don't think he's going to be doing six of them. But I it's just, a pretty good I, for some reason, I just had it in my head that it was a miniseries. I don't know why. What it was is that I was reading this first, uh, and then I managed to track down a copy of Jonah Hex 1, which is why I posted about it, because it was so good and easy to deal with. Right. And not in a bad way. Not like, no, no, oh, that it was, was just so straightforward, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it was nice. And there, there, are good, there, there are two Western books coming out of DC. They're not Vertigo. Don't, Jonah Hex isn't Vertigo, I don't think. No, it's not. Uh, but, it, it, you know, they're totally coming from different places. Good, good stuff. Yep, I'm glad. Did we kill Ron with boredom? A little bit, almost. I'm, I'm teetering. Um, speak, <laughs> speaking of teetering, going, speaking of teetering <laughs> for the past few years, Matt Murdock's life has been teetering on the edge of destruction. Oh. Now, pushed beyond the limit, Matt finds himself behind the eight ball with no clear way out. The people he calls friends slowly deserting him, and Hell's Kitchen slowly slipping out of, out of control. The question is, when his back is against the wall, just how far will Daredevil go to get back what is his? Um, that's Daredevil number 82 coming out on uh, February 15th with the new creative team of Michael Lark doing art Ooh. and Ed Brubaker writing. Oh, oh, suck it! So, it's the Gotham Good Central job. team. Yes, that's what it was. So the question is, how you know who can follow that? There you go. You know what? If, there, if there's anybody who can do it, it's him. I'm in. <laughs> All in. You know what's funny though is that that, that description it says nothing. Right. Like, I know. We already know. <laughs> Lots of advertisers do. They do. They write nothing. He's screwed. Marketing. 
And right now, Ed Brubaker is at home going, oh, uh, <laughs> Stilt Man, no. <laughs> no. The Vulture. <laughs> I love the Vulture. That's you know great another one. great thing, though? The old guy. Lark, Lark and Brubaker, every single issue came out on time. Every time. Oh, there we go. You see, the thing is, quality and on time, you're gonna win every time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't mean that to rhyme. Oh, and that's just. Oh, oh man! It's like oh a shit! Sonnet. We freestyling. Oh god! Double true. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so that's the skinny on Daredevil. So we'll see. That's so really the good. um. So the other book that blew me away this week was New Avengers number fourteen. I liked it a lot. Wait, oh 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 oh! Stop. <laughs> this, we, this, this we need to talk about. Ron and I had this discussion previous. Um, he called me up. Bef- he called me up before I read it to tell me some, well, some well, gibberish well, about the book that I didn't really understand. Well, no. Well, well, back it up a little. Connor had his epiphany on Batman and Robin. Oh right, right, I, right, right. So I also had an epiphany when reading New Avengers um, that I shared. With Connor, yeah, he called me um, very excitedly on the phone about it the other day. Yeah, it wasn't right during while reading the book, like with you, but it was shortly thereafter when I was driving home. You read them um, together? Th- yes, over the phone sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do the voice of Tony Stark. Well, I think. <laughs> but anyway, the um, New Avengers was really good because there's been a lot of stuff going on in the Marvel universe, and you've heard me rant about the Secret War and all that kind of stuff, and it's been very kind of all over the place. And in this one single issue. By using uh, Bendis was able to use uh, Spider Woman and what's going on with her um, to tie up a lot of loose plot th- uh, plot threads within um, the, within the various books in Marvel. Basically, Spider Woman, you know, as as seen throughout New Avengers, has um, was working is working for Hydra, um, and finally Captain America picks up on this and confronts her. And she, this whole issue is her explaining her to him her situation, where basically Hydra contacted her and gave her back her powers. But you know she didn't want to work for them, so she went to Fury, who made her a agent of Shield, and it's this kind of spy espionage double agent thing. So she was working for Shield while thinking, making Hydra think she was working for them. Um, then the whole Secret War thing happened, and Fury, as he puts it, falls off the grid, and she's left there hanging. Um, he falls off the grid because pull- everybody hates him now. Yeah, because basically, because the Secret War blew up in his face, and he lost, you know, he lost the respect of the heroes, and he got fired from Shield, and he kind of he went underground. Um, so, you know, and right after the Secret War thing happened, the new Avengers formed, and they recruited Spider-Woman, um, and she's been in the awkward position she's been in for the past, you know, 14 issues of New Avengers. So she finally reveals this to Captain America and, by de facto, the rest of the Avengers, um, and they all agree that she's not lying, and the moment that they kind of agree that she's not lying and that, that she's, you know, kind of in a pickle, her phone rings, and it's Fury, and who, you know... Makes himself makes his presence known to the to the Avengers. It's like they know and... not to call until you're over them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, so essentially, because one one of the things is towards the end of the conversations, they kept on asking Spider Woman where Fury was and are you still working for him, and she was denying, denying. And the phone and rings and it's Fury. Then the phone rings and it's Fury, and then he says, "Okay, guys, let me tell you know, let me let me explain what's going on." And basically, Fury is contacting them because he's excited that the Avengers are back together, and he, he thinks they've got a base of power to work from. Uh, by using the Avengers, so they kind of introduced Fury as kind of like a behind-the-scenes underground kind of uh, strategist for the Avengers. Which is which cool. Is kind of, yeah, it's, it's an interesting direction to take the book in, which I didn't see coming at all. And it kind of, and like I said, the epiphany was all these other books that I've been reading in the Marvel Universe that didn't really make sense all now kind of make sense. So Sounds to me like a good place for me to uh, recommend uh, Sleeper. <laughs> if you've never read Sleeper. Sleeper is a good book, which you turned me on to. Oh, so good. Basically, I need to same pick up. Idea. I, 
I only have the first two trades. I need to pick up the other ones. Sleeper agent uh, joins the criminal organization. Only one guy in the government knows it's him, and that it's guy the same thing with Spider Woman and Nick Fury. Exactly yeah. the same. Interesting. So, do you think that how much of you know, I wonder how much of I mean, is this basically a ripoff of Sleeper in the Marvel it universe? Seems a lot like it. And then you got yeah, Brubaker yeah. taking over Bendis's book. Yeah, that's going to be revenge. I bet they fight yeah. when they meet each other. <laughs> well, regardless, but you know what? The guy in Sleeper is kind of Nick Fury esque. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it was it was neat because Nick Fury, you know, like you know, there are different kinds of Nick Fury, and I like this, you know, kind of spy espionage Nick Fury. Um, and it was kind of like it was a lot of fun to read. That's what I called to tell Connor that Fury was a lot of fun. So, so shall we talk about the ugly side of this week? Okay. Amazing Spider-Man number five twenty seven. Or Spider-Man Black Hat number five. Oh, even worse. Sensing a theme. <laughs> Just, or apparently or, you both bought them anyway. No, I didn't buy any, either one. Nice. I'm, I'm moaning yeah. at his having continued to or, purchase them. Or X Men number one eighty. That was bad. Um, give us a, I think that's give it. Give us a quick yeah, hit on each one. All right, X Men one eighty. Peter Milligan brought back Dupe. Haven't everyone been clamoring for Dupe? I guess so. Apparently, Peter Milligan is hell bent on on that character. Um, Spider Man. Uh, Spider Man is back alive. Remember, he died. Now he's all better. He, um, a web cocoon formed under a bridge in Queens and out, out popped. And, and what's funny is that there's literally, like, no joke, there's, like, a, a page, there's a panel with all the Avengers at a, at a dinner table with Peter and Mary Jane and May, and Tony Stark is going, oh, well, this all makes sense because, you know, spiders, you know, shed their skin once in a lifetime, so this is like... It was just like everybody was like, "Oh, okay, great." You know, oh. like, it was just like it was like it was just like so. They just cut off know. the letters at the pass. Yeah, it was just no, like it makes sense. Please see page see, see Tony Stark's comments, page eight. Yeah. That's J. Michael Straczynski. Yeah, the the, the he's alive. Shuzi- All right, here yeah. he obviously was was injected with whatever they injected into Chris Claremont. They've been. I think they've been drinking the same coffee. Because... I don't know if I could tell them apart in a lineup. Well, that's, there's, oh, okay. there's that, but then there's the fact that his first year was was so really good. Yep. And from what you what you say, uh, that's that's terrible. Shall I, I, shall we invoke the um, the sick boy um, reference from Train Spotting? The had it and lost it. Um, you see first, Mike- you had it, and then you kind of hack it. <laughs> Basically, you the, lost it's, it. I think it's it's the universe. It's it's sick boy's unifying theory of all things. Exactly, and and in this case, J. Michael Straczynski bursts on the comic scenes with Rising Stars and Spider-Man. Man, that was a slow fizzle. Well, Rising, remember that first year? Rising Stars was awesome. Oh yeah, it, yeah. And, and that, then, that was it, though. See, the, after that, after yeah. about it was eight issues of Rising Stars. Yeah, it was eight well, issues, what, and then we went dark for a while. <laughs> right, we came we back like with issue nine. I believe it was issue nine, which is like the People magazine issue. And it was all downhill from there. And as far as I'm concerned, Ultimate Amazing Spider-Man came after that. Yes, yeah, no, it, did, it, it did. did. Well, the problem with Rising Stars was that he and Top Cow got into an argument over the rights, and then he just stopped doing it. Like that's yeah, why it protests. got so delayed. You know, it became a joke. You know, like and so it's it was unfortunate because it was a great. I don't think know, I even finished that out. I think I just stopped. Oh, so the bad. art, the art, but, the art went south hard. Yeah, it did. And the Spider-Man stuff is that he picked up the book and he like picked up from whoever the previous writer was and he was kind of rolling with that and then he throws thrusts upon this whole that Peter's actually really a spider and there's this secret cult of spiders in South America and that's where he gets his powers and it's like uh that's where I started looking at the book going Ugh. yeah uh, Ugh. Just, uh, yeah 
That's where it stops. And then, so give us the quick hit on um, on Kevin Smith. Spider-Man Black Hat. Now, you know, I know I should not be buying it, but this issue had Nightcrawler on the cover. And I was like, oh, Nightcrawler. Fantastic. They, you they know, got so. you. They darted you Shiny, in the wild. Shiny, pretty things. <laughs> they darted yeah. you in the wild. They drug you away with a zoo. Well, all i got to say is that um, Terry Dotson's mailing it in because the art is getting more and more, like, I'll be generous and say loose. Well, that you, that's funny because you figure uh, five months to do the issue. Right. Well, this will keep five in mind. Also, also, like also like X Factor, the last issue of this came out maybe two or three weeks ago. So this this I was actually surprised to see this on. The problem is is that there was such a large gap, and I don't even remember the last issue, so I don't really know what's going on. But um, in the span of this issue, you've got Spider Man and Daredevil and Nightcrawler talking because they find out that whoever the guy they're chasing is a teleporter, and so they talk to Nightcrawler about how teleporters work and all stuff like that. When Nightcrawl is explaining how teleporters and, and how most teleporters are mutants, although there's a select grouping of non-mutants who are teleporters because the Nazis experimented on people in the, during World War II and created people who could teleport, and these are just relatives of those people. Like That's just weird. There's there's literally a page with swastikas all over it and, like, Joseph Mengele. Mengele? Mengele. Mengele, whatever. <laughs> Mengele. He would be much less threatening if he was named Mengele. Hey, Mengele. <laughs> It was just it was just a very weird issue. It was just very Look, very weird. I don't know why you're complaining. <laughs> you have no right to complain. Yep. So that was the, that was the bad side of this week. You're volunteering so. to be raped, just in a different way. Yeah. My only bad thing was um uh well for, first of all, Superman Batman forgetting I dropped it and Batman well, they're still persisting with this Jason Todd's alive thing. Oh, uh, just real quick, why is he alive? Don't know. I, I, he just I, I is? remember he just is. I was reading the interview with Judd when they first announced the story, and he said the whys are not the important thing; it's the story. So wait, that's not Judd, the important Judd, thing. Everyone's going to know why Robin is back alive and how. So Judd Winnick's writing Batman. Yes, I remember when I liked his work. <laughs> I do. Is Jason Todd going to be gay? Maybe. Actually, the rumor the rumor <laughs> is this this is this is the the rumor that, that worries me the most is that uh, he's going to be the new Nightwing after that one year later thing. Ugh. Because uh, Nightwing's going to be Batman. That's the other rumor. As I yeah. haven't been following, help me out. Okay, the Hush storyline. Mm-hmm. This is where Jason Todd came out of, right? No, no, no. Th- no. It was not just that like was Clayface pretending pretending yeah. to be Robin. right. Okay. He 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 pops up. In the Judd Winnick Batman book, as the Red Hood, which was who the Joker right, okay. was before he was the Joker. Sure. There's a new Red Hood in town. Was he? Or was that just in, just what? in uh, the Killing Joke? No, no, no. That was the Joker's origin. He was a small-time crook. They put on the red mask, call yourself the Red Hood. Then he, then he got turned into the Joker. It was a one-night thing. Okay. This new guy shows up wearing a red mask, calls himself the Red Hood for a few issues, and then it's revealed it's Jason Todd. Uh, no, no, no hows or whys. Although they made a, an allusion to it in one of the Teen Titans books, because he, he showed up there when he fought he fought Robin, the current Robin. Um, there's there may be something tied into this whole Infinite Crisis thing with all these people coming back from the dead. But that's the only place I've ever seen it even even addressed. But in so, this in this one, Jason Todd's back and he's 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 feuding with the Black Mask, who is the uh, crime lord of Gotham now. After, Post post earthquake, and, so uh, he's, you got Jason Todd, who no one liked in the first place, and the yes, readers was awful. killed. Right, 
the readers specifically voted to kill him. Right. And this and and Judd, God bless his little soul, said, yeah, "I'm going to bring back this guy." Right. Huh. Well, if he, well, it's, it's, the, it's the ultimate writer's challenge to bring to bring back the 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 dead, you know, the that's, character from the dead that nobody likes and, and redeem him. You know, I will so. say this: the last panel features uh, Jason Todd on the ground with a knife in his heart. So. Oh. Um, Good. Not that I believe he's dead because, well, he's on the cover of the next next issue thing. So with stitches, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> I don't like it. That's all I know. And and you keep buying it. Well, it's Batman. I mean, it's issue uh, six forty eight. Come on. <laughs> you know, it's not like you have one through four hundred. No, but I've got like four hundred through six forty eight or something like that. Yeah, it's an investment. You gotta, you know. <laughs> it's it's um, not an investment. An emotional that investment. is the wrong word. It's it's a habit. It's no investment. This is, I mean, I mean, if you were to look up the prices of all my books that I have, no, no, no. I'm not saying investment from a financial standpoint. It's an investment. It's a like Connor said. It's an emotional investment. Right. You've been, you know, yeah, you know. It's like you. There's a reason why you you continue to read the titles you like because you're emotionally invested in the story. I want to know what it would take to stop for you to stop buying X Men and you to stop buying Batman. Bankruptcy, probably, or, or cancel the series. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, like I bought Batman if... for a year when when Batman wasn't Batman. It was as it was Azrael Azrael. and he wore armor and he killed people. Yeah. Listen, Josh, just because you've never had an emotional attachment to a book like we had doesn't, doesn't mean doesn't that this is why I ask. Yeah, it doesn't devalue it. This is yeah. why I ask questions. And you'd think that you would be could, you would be because you are tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and so like you'd think that you would, you know, be be putting up with the shark men. <laughs> oh, God, no way. <laughs> no, I can't even blame you for that either. Oh, terrible. The, those shark men are awful. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a tough. I mean, it's a tough thing. Like, you know? what like if they rebooted it and did it all in Archie style, and they said that's how it's going to be from now on? <laughs> that might do it. <laughs> <laughs> what that if might they did do a full it. reboot? What if they did it ultimate like, style? Like Wolverine didn't have his mask, he had the little crown like Jughead. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that might and be entertaining. All... I might buy that. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Although, you know, the Punisher Archie book was was a great read a, a couple years ago. Oh, the Punisher. Yeah. Punisher versus Archie. That was pretty good. <laughs> you just came out from the cellar, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um you know what? Uh, you know what was one good book that I, I've been picking up, which the new issue came out this week, issue number three, um, which was really good, was uh, She-Hulk. Was it? Um, it was well. This the one thing. My problem with it, and kind of similar to to you know, kind of the whole investment aspect, because you know how Marvel does the renumbering thing, where they have two numbers on the issue. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. Like like for like for example, this is issue number three of volume three of She-Hulk, but it's technically issue number one hundred if you added up all of the volumes together. Yeah. So this is the hundredth hundredth issue extravaganza. But um, they can't have it both ways. You can't renumber know, it and have the one hundredth issue extravagant. I absolutely agree, I, and that's what. And it's funny because Josh, you asked what would, what it would take if they canceled Uncanny and rebooted it with a number one. I would probably walk away. No, you wouldn't. Really? You know, no, I, I, you that, wouldn't. That, no, but I've even long, if they've done it, and then they come back. No, they've never. They've never. Ta- they've never tried. They've never messed with Uncanny. Oh. They've, Uncanny is one of the la- last books, and and Fantastic Four. Every other book, yeah, they did. Oh no, they did it with Fantastic Four. They brought it back. Right, yeah, but they've they've never tampered with Uncanny for some reason. I don't know why, but you know, like Chris because you would go to the Marvel building and you'd burn. It I down. probably would. I probably would. But, but you wouldn't. Uh, I don't believe for a second you would stop buying X Men. I I I, it, I would I I would have it would be tough. What about this? 
See, you've what already gone cancel- from not definitely not buying it to it'd be tough. You're already in the space of 30 what, seconds. What, what, if, what if they canceled the current X-Men continuity and turned it over to the Ultimate continuity? They just well, stopped. no, they're not going to do that. I know. I mean, I'm I, already, but but I'm already buying the Ultimate. I'm already buying the Ultimate X-Men, so. So, hmm. so I just kind of roll on then. But regardless, this so I don't agree with the renumbering thing. But this um, She-Hulk is is uh, it's a it's a little under the radar kind of book, which is um, Dan Slott is doing a really I know you know he's like the Yankee Don, player, Don so whatever Don Slott. Don but Slott. Um, but I mean this is you know this is the second issue I've been reading of it, and it's it's entertaining. It's you know it's 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 a good it's a good read. So I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> well, I think we've wrung every bit of discussion we can out of this comics week. Yeah, busy, a busy holiday week. Driven it into the ground and killed it. Yeah, pretty much. So so that wraps up yet another iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. Um, go to iFanboy.com and check out uh, Connor's review, uh, written review, and whatever comments there have been about that. And if you have any questions or want to contact us and tell us what comics you've been reading, you can email us at contact at iFanboy.com, or you can come to the site and post and, and talk to everybody on the site. So, And we'll see you next week. Someday she just can't get rid of a bomb.